0: Heavenly Father, I come before you and ask for your grace to be placed on my life, a fresh anointing, Lord God. I pray that everyone listening to this will be encouraged, envisioned to live at a higher plane of faith, a a deeper commitment to be Christ-like, a deeper commitment to be sanctified, a deeper commitment to walk in, in holiness and fruitfulness and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So today's sermon, it's like a conference message, right? Because it's the first. It's the first of the month, the first of the year. So children of God, the disciples of Christ, we are called to live at a different level, right? And so I call this look good, smell good, live good. This is the three ideas, the three points. Get dressed. The King is calling you, right? I want you to be ready in the supernatural for your promotion, ready in the supernatural for the return of the Lord. Smell right, spiritual power, spiritual success has a scent. And live biblically, embrace the divine design. Let's get right to it. So we got to stay dressed up and armored up in 2023. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 36, Jesus says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. As though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Brothers and sisters, this scripture speaks to me. Jesus desires for me to have an expected watchfulness for his return, right? I don't preach like rapture all the time and be ready or whatever, but we have to have a, full, a Roth for IRA, 401k, like the Lord's not re- returning for a hundred years, but spiritually, we have to be ready to hear the horns of heaven at any moment. We have to be spiritually dressed. We have to be shining brightly, pointing others to Christ. And brothers and sisters, I will be foolish if I am not prepared and wise if I am for the return of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Brothers and sisters, we can never outgrow spiritual warfare. We simply have to learn to fight. The first three chapters of Ephesians explains your position in Christ. It describes us being seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? So Ephesians is one of them, it's a heavenly book. Ephesians, Collages, and Revelations are like third heaven amazing books, right? And Ephesians it talks about sit, walk, and stand, right? So we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in Ephesians four and five. It describes how we walk or live as a follower of Christ. And Ephesians 6 concludes how to stand strong in the face of your enemy, right? And so we have to put on our full armor every day. The awareness of salvation, the awareness of righteousness, the awareness of truth, the awareness of the gospel of peace, the awareness of faith and the word of God. How do you put the full armor, God? You put on the full armor by believing what God has done for you and I through Jesus and by living out the elements in the armor in every area of our life. You know that. I'm just here to remind, remind you to be dressed and ready, dressed as a servant, dressed as a son and daughter of God, waiting for the Lord's return at any moment. And dressed for spiritual battle. And the last thing is, dressed ready for your next level, ready for your promotion. Bookmark this in your Bible. Bookmark this. Write this down. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Oh, you got to look it up on your app. If you got multiple devices, and I know you do, don't play with me. You blessed. I see how you get down. It says, and Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. Oh, somebody say at once. At once. And he was quickly, somebody say quickly. Quickly. Brought from the prison. Oh, the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, and he went in and stood, not kneeled and crawled, not looked away, I'm not worthy, stood before Pharaoh. So we know Joseph's spiritual gifts opened the door for this appointment because he interpreted a dream, right? He interpreted a dream of one of Pharaoh's workers. Pharaoh had a bad dream. The worker was like, oh snap, I forgot this guy helped me. I promised to help him. So he brought him, his spiritual gift brought him to the presence of greatness. So he interprets the dream and then Pharaoh says, what do I do? And then he gives Pharaoh a plan. Listen, he uses spiritual gifts He used his natural intelligence and he used his strengths and talents, his God given strengths and talents, because he was a dynamic manager. We saw that in Joseph in Potiphar's house. We saw that in Joseph. With his father, we saw that Joseph in prison. He was an an amazing manager. Now, being a manager wasn't a spiritual gift. His spiritual gift was interpreting dreams, but his natural strength and talent was management. And so, brothers and sisters, get dressed and be ready for God to give you favor. Be ready for open doors. Somebody has to dry clean their suit. somebody got to dry clean their interview clothes. Because God may open the door at once, quickly. He didn't allow culture and circumstances to stop him from walking his destiny. He shaved. Culturally, he wanted to grow a beard, right? That was what the Hebrew desert people did, the, the nomadic people, the, 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 the people who herded animals, right? They, they, they had a look. But he had to change his look to go to the next level because the Egyptians hated facial hair. So he says, Listen, I'm not going to be enamored with my culture to stop me. He had to make certain changes. Brothers and sisters, before your breakthrough, you have to be ready to make certain alterations, changes to your personality. You have to polish your personality because your personality shifts your reality. Yes. And he changed his clothes. He changed his clothes. He said, I can't go like this. This is unacceptable. He understood. See, some of you got spiritual power, but no understanding of protocol. And then he went in and he stood before Pharaoh. He didn't just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking maybe. uh." He stood. He said, this is what the dream means. This is the plan. And Pharaoh said, can you do it? He said, yes. He said, oh, me? Oh, no, maybe you should find somebody else. He said, yes. So get dressed, ready for the Lord. Get dressed, ready for battle, and get dressed, ready for your promotion. All right, smell right. Spiritual power has a scent. Me and Petey, we we used to like laugh because you would see certain guys get clean, right? And go to like a rehab and go to discipleship. And this guy came in looking like a Babylon. And next thing you know, you know, he went to Sims or he went to like KG suit store. He brought him a, a double breasted suit that didn't fit, but you know, you know, and that he was to wear a suit and they would go to church on Sunday, church on Wednesday. They would wear their uh, Chocard Noir cologne and they would carry their big Bible and, and God started giving them back their dignity. And next, thing you know, they'd be like, yo, girls like me. And me and Pete used to be like, brother, that's the anointing cologne. Don't get gassed up. <laughs> and so the anointing has a scent. Success has a scent, right? You know hotels, top hotels use scent marketing. Top hotels, right? The top four seasons. seasons, they have a scent, right? And, and, and they and they patent that scent. And the scent in their lobby, the scent in their room. They have a scent because they want you to evoke a memory. They want you to... Uh, Uh, connect them with luxury a.b. simpson once said preaching without spiritual aroma is like a rose without a fragrance we could only get this perfume by getting more of christ psalms chapter 45 verse 8 the first portion says myrrh aloes and cassia perfume your robes in ivory palaces the music of strings entertain you. Like this is a prophetic psalm, right? It's a messianic prophecy of Psalms 45. We are told that the Lord's garments smell of myrrh and aloes. Before Jesus was buried, Nicodemus from John chapter 3, right? 316, that conversation. Nicodemus came back, right? After Jesus died on the cross and he placed myrrh and aloes like 100 pounds all over his body he used the same amount that was used for royal burials, 100 pounds worth. By this act, Nicodemus testified that he believed Jesus to be king. Mixed with Joseph of Arimathea, the secret rich disciple's tomb, this was a $100,000 burial, right? I'm going somewhere with this. So before Jesus, um, before Jesus was crucified, uh, uh, somebody put perfume on him, right? Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 to 13. Jesus was in Bethany, his favorite place, at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. Ooh, that spoke to me. This man had a testimony, and then he became hospitable. This This man benefited from the Holy Ghost Hospital and then used hospitality. All right, all right. Verse 7, while he was eating, a woman came with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw it. They said, what a waste. People will always say your worship is a waste. They said, it could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus was aware of this and replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. But you will not always have me. She poured this perfume on me to prepare me, to prepare for my my body for burial. I tell you the truth, whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. Now think with me. In addition to the perfume that Mary poured on him, the Lord's body was covered with 100 pounds of fragrance. So when he rose from the dead a few days later, he was fragrance. This is a fragrance you can smell from afar. Remember, the resurrected Christ has a scent. He emits this everlasting fragrance on the resurrection. So as you and I get closer to the Lord, it's not a physical sense, but there's a set, right? There's there's a there's an aura, there's a presence, there's a poise, there's a calm, there's a personality, there's a continence, there's a gait, there's a a, a way of the way we look at things begins to emit an aroma that people with discernment could discern. So why this waste, right? But when Mary gave the, when you when you give, what you give to Christ equals the measure of his worth in your eyes. The worth of Jesus is immeasurable. It cannot be calculated. So nothing is too valuable for him. Mary understood this, right? So when we give our tithes, when we give our time, when we give our talent, people will say he's a waste. But brothers and sisters, I want you to remember that there's a, a, a bowl of incense in the heaven. That there's a book of remembrance, right? When we give God our best, the Lord sees it. So mark it down. Whatever you give what is most valuable in your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, some of your fellow Christians will consider it a waste. Big idea. When giving God your best becomes a decision, a discipline, and a delight, the fragrance of God's grace will be on your life, right? I mean, first, we make a decision to give. And then it becomes a discipline. But when it becomes a delight to give, when it becomes a delight to show up, when it becomes a delight to serve, when it becomes a delight to encourage people in church, when it becomes a delight to say that the that, that evidence of your faith is seen in your calendar and seen in your checkbook, a fragrance, a scent of spiritual maturity, a scent of spiritual success begins to be released in your life. And this is the difference that can make a difference. last big idea living biblically right so we talk about staying dressed we start we talked about ascent live biblically so a big idea is we are called to allow God's word and presence to impact our head our hands and our heart Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 to 36 Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus touched and Jesus taught. He just didn't just touch them. He just didn't give them bread. He just didn't make wine. He taught them. So for us to embrace the divine desire, for us to live biblically, we have to let the word of God raise us, or I should say re-raise us. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 in the New King James Version. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall uh, corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I'm gonna say that again, but the people who know, who know and flow and show, hallelujah, who know their God. This is why we have to get into the word of God, who know their God shall be strong. Who wants to be strong in 2023? shall be strong. There was a lot of people manifesting weakness because man, we we all operate, we all went through like a tough time, right? With pandemic, we went through a once in a hundred year pandemic. We went through a once in a generation political cycle, maybe some side operations, who knows, right? But we went through a lot, right? So we wanna be strong. As the world's getting weaker, we wanna grow stronger. And we want to be strong and we want to carry out great exploits. So there's some theological words I want to give you. Orthodoxy, orthopraxy, and orthopathy. Orthodoxy is right direct, right doctrine and right belief in the truth. Orthopraxy is right practice or right implementation of the truth to life. And orthopathos or orthopathy is, is the short answer, is the right affection, the right passion emotions aligned with the word of God. How many people know sometimes we, we got some mental strength, we got some physical strength, but some of us don't have some emotional strength. And so we want to grow, right? We want to live biblically. We want we, we to know God so we can be strong and do great exploits. So we want right thinking, we want right serving, and we want right heart, right? Right head, heart, and hands. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Orthodoxy helps shape our thinking. We have to have a daily reading plan of devotion, the word of God, and we have to begin to ask God to give us a desire to learn his ways. We have to change our dose. What's dose? Dopamine, oxytocin, Do- dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and what is it Ethan? Endorphins. Endorphins all right, I got a, I got a, a neurological uh, cognitive uh, researcher here. So we have to ha- change our dose in the presence of God, right? Our dopamine, our oxytocin. We have to learn, uh, like the old school saints used to say, "Get high on the Most High." Right? We have to learn because we have to train ourselves. We have to re re. We have to. Uh, what's it called? Renew our thinking. Okay. Orthopraxis means to develop a doctrine or teaching focused on the right behavior or practice. That's why I'm always talking about the fruit of the spirit. Right belief trickles down to right behavior. Discernment impacts decisions. Decisions impact destiny. Orthopathos. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is good. Stop out the ants, automatic negative thought syndrome, and start thinking about heavenly things, beautiful things. Transform your thoughts from earthly to heavenly to understand how God feels. Transform your thoughts from earthly to heavenly to understand how God feels and to change our passions. Living for God involves making sure that our deepest sentiments are in his service. Our joys, our disappointments, our yearnings, our anger, our exhilaration, and a host of other emotions must be brought into the conformity with the will of God. I know this is big boy stuff, but you guys are big boys and big girls now. (laughs) You wear your big armor of God. Your, your, your big boy armor of God, amen? So orthodoxy, orthopraxy, orthopathy. All three point to the marriage of theology in everyday life. Theology and a life linked in praise, orthodoxy, practice, orthopraxy, and passion, orthopathy. So in conclusion, big idea number one: get dressed. The king is calling you. Put on your new nature. New wine puts on new needs new wineskins. Put on your spiritual armor and be ready for your promotion and elevation. Big idea number two, smell right. Spiritual power has a scent. When you give give God your best, when giving God your best becomes a decision, a discipline, and a delight, the fragrance of God's grace will be on your life. And big idea number three, live biblically. I'm going to do a reggae song. Live biblically. (laughs) Um, Embrace the divine design. We are called to allow God's word and presence to impact our head, our hands, and our heart. Boom. We are ready to go to a new level of 2023 Summit Church. We ready. We're not going to be the biggest church, but man, if we have a tribe of people who could, who could summarize the gospel while standing on one foot, if we have a tribe of people who could recite the Apostles' Creed, not perfectly, but the big ideas of the Apostles' Creed, If we have a tribe of people who who have a a balcony view of the word of God, if we have a tribe of people who love to pray short prayers all day, if we have a tribe of people that know their spiritual gifts and their strengths and love to serve and to live simply, a tribe of people who encourage one another, who, who take this word of God and live it out and share it with others, then this is going to be a Bethany type of church, a church where God loves to show up, a uh, God loves to show out. It'll be a church that people will see that Summit Church is called by God to serve God and serve those who serve New York City. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you, Lord God, will help us stay dressed and ready for battle, ready for your return, and ready. For open doors, Lord, I pray that we will emit a spiritual aroma of the anointing of people who are consecrated, a people who love to give you their time and devotion and, and tithes and, and, and service into your kingdom. And a people who desire to live biblically, a people, Lord God, who want to know your word, who who want to shape their philosophy and psychology by your word, their physiology by your word, their budget by your word, to shape how they live, to shape uh, their personality, to shape the way they interact with people, to shape uh, their emotions and, and, and their dose in your presence, Lord God. Release your glory in our lives. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, fam. Thank you for uh, starting your new year with us. We pray that you were blessed by this sermon. I will be uh, posting.